Amen. Well, it's great to see everybody in the house of the Lord on Wednesday night. Amen. We had a wonderful time here this past Sunday morning. Uh, in case you didn't notice, amen, we're starting to run out of, out of space. And that's a good thing to have in the house of the Lord. Uh, I want to thank everybody for doing your part. I was talking to uh, my brother, Paul, uh, just yesterday and talking about a few Saturdays ago, him and Sister Raina went out on outreach. And there was nobody that came from that outreach. But people came to church on Sunday. Uh, you may have given out a one a day during the last several weeks, months, and thought, man, I've been invited to go to church. I haven't seen that specific person come. But God has been bringing others. And there's a direct connection, a direct response, amen, to your participation in the work of God. Uh, and not that we're trying to get any credit, uh, but that's the way that it works, amen, where God receives all the glory and all the honor. Uh, and we, we do our part, and uh, we're going to be distributing one of days again uh, here uh, in a different way in the coming months. Uh, but we want to encourage you to just continue to be faithful uh, in, in telling somebody about the Lord, inviting someone to church, and, and uh, sharing the gospel, letting your light shine that the world can see. And uh, so we're thankful for what God did on Sunday. And I think it's just an indicator of greater things that are yet to come. Amen. I believe that there's greater revival that's yet to take place in Abundant Life Center. And I'm just happy to be a part. I'm just happy to just, uh, if you will, go along for the ride and watch what God's doing. And just get involved. Amen. Because God will use the available individuals that submit themselves to God. Say, God, I'm available. I want to be a part. God will use each and every one of us. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the Word of the Lord in Exodus chapter 25. And if I, I could ask you to stand for the read of the Word of God. Uh, Exodus chapter 25, and beginning with verse number 8. This is the second book of the Bible. Amen. For all you that may be still figuring out where things are in the, in the Bible. Amen. As the song said, I, I too was once so lost. Nowadays we got the smartphones. We don't have to know in any order the Bibles, the books of the Bible. We can just say go to Exodus. You can you can talk to your phone. Say Siri, read me Exodus 25 and whatever it is. But uh, we've come a long ways in this world. Exodus chapter 25 and verse number eight. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show thee. After the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. And if you could skip over just a few more chapters to chapter number 29 of the same book in your Bible. Amen. Exodus chapter 29 and verse number 43. And it's a continuation, if you will, of the same topic. Exodus 29 and 43. And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons, 
to minister to me in the priest's office. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. And for a few moments tonight, we're going to teach, preach on the tabernacle in the wilderness. Uh, The tabernacle in the wilderness. Amen. Why don't we ask the Lord to talk to us, to help us, anoint us today. Amen. We want God to speak to our hearts and we want to be able to apply the word of God in every area of our lives. God, we thank you for this opportunity here again tonight to come before your presence into this house God we thank you Lord for the privilege God that we have to worship freely in these United States of America God we thank you Lord for the the liberty that we have to worship God out loud in a public setting God we thank you God for all the all the rights and privileges that we have as Americans and God we want to exercise those rights tonight Lord to worship you freely God God, we want to exercise our rights, God, to worship you, Lord, and to magnify you. We want to be able to receive your word here tonight, Lord. Speak to our hearts, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Here tonight, we are gathered, amen, in a a wonderful, air-conditioned, beautiful building, Um, and it's a permanent structure. You're not going to have to worry if someone might come during the week and lift up the building and take it down the road. But you know, hey, someone's, this building's going to be here if I, if I come at 4 o'clock in the morning or if I come at 8 o'clock in the evening. It's going to be here. It's a permanent structure. And we come here several times a week. Uh, and as many, if you like, you can come every day during the week and you can come and pray. And I would be perfectly happy with that. And there would be no problem at all coming to the church every day and praying. Uh, but the, bu- the building's going to be here. The building's not going to go anywhere unless there's an earthquake and it falls into the ground or the earth opens up and swallows this building. And I'm thinking of all these horrible worst-case scenarios. But for the most part, barring any natural disasters, this building's going to be here. It's a permanent structure. And we come here every week and we worship God. And we come time after time. We come Sunday mornings and we come Wednesday nights. And, and, and some of us come Monday night for prayer. And, and some others come Thursday night for Music practice and there's and Sister Gina is here on Saturdays for cleaning and there's someone here nearly every day of the week and, and we're here and we're worshiping God and we're we're preparing for our ministries and we're trying to prepare the house of God but this is a permanent structure. However, in the Old Testament of here, what we're reading in the Book of Exodus, the children of God were worshiping the Lord uh, in a temporary structure and it was called the tabernacle. Everybody say the tabernacle. The tabernacle was not something like you see around here tonight with electricity and sound systems and, and beautiful instruments and, and wonderful musicians and, and didn't have all the things that we are enjoying tonight, air conditioning and, and lights from the ceiling and, and a padded carpet, which you ought to be thankful for. I know I certainly am thankful Amen. for a padded carpet. Amen. Amen. I've been to some churches and my feet are killing me. Amen. But here, amen. It's, I love having padded carpet. It makes a world of difference. But the tabernacle in the wilderness was such a structure that it was made up of wood overlaid with gold, bars of, uh, of wood overlaid with gold, holding uh, together the wood. Uh, there was uh, different types of animal skins that were the outside covering for the tabernacle. And it was on a dirt floor in the, in the middle of the desert, the wilderness. There was a, uh, it was a tent-like structure, if you will. And I don't know if, if, many, if many of you have gone camping. And you've roughed it in the wilderness, and you know you're that kind of an individual. Uh, but this is 
something to that nature. This is the wilderness. This is a tabernacle that was set up temporarily. And, and it was such, and we're going to describe it here in a minute. But the tabernacle in the wilderness was not only a type of the person of the Lord Jesus that we're going to go and dive into here tonight. We're going to see through application of the scriptures uh, different ways in which the tabernacle has meaning for our lives. We're not going to just go through a historical Bible study tonight and just say, here's what the children of Israel endured in the, in the wilderness. But I believe that there's application that we can apply to our lives. I believe that there's always application the word of God has for each and every one of our lives. Uh, but not just the tabernacle, uh, but the, each piece of furniture in the tabernacle uh, is also an object lesson teaching us more about the nature and character of God. The tabernacle was a house where God chose to put his name. Just like the house of God here is a place where God is choosing to put his name in the city of Latham and in the San Joaquin Valley. God's choosing to put his name right here upon this church and upon your family and upon this local assembly. And it is a place, the tabernacle was a place where God chose to put his name. The men and the people of God were instructed to pray toward the temple. Their, direct, their, their attention, their focus was to be in the direction of the house of God. It was to be in the direction of the presence of God. And there's application that we'll talk about for a moment. How that our focus and our attention should be towards the house of God, the presence of God. And it should be the thing that captures our attention. It should be the thing that, that is the, the focal point of our existence. The presence of God. The house of God. The kingdom of God. And if nothing else tonight, amen, through the course of this preaching, this is going to give, amen, you some grounding. This is going to help you to understand, amen, how to be grounded in the word of God. And how a life can be grounded in the word of God. And not be something that just floats with the wind and every wind of doctrine. But there is something about the tabernacle in the wilderness that holds uh, great, great significance and great importance for our lives. The, one of the things that we see from the tabernacle is that God uh, instructed Moses. I want you, Moses, as you are leading the people of God through the wilderness, to erect a place of worship. So that everywhere that you are, there is a place for you to worship. Because Moses, I want to be among the people. Moses, I want to dwell among my people. I want my people, Moses, to know what my presence feels like and what it looks like and what it sounds like. And it's so important here tonight, amen, that we understand that God wants to dwell among us tonight. That's why every time we come together and we are, we're joining together in prayer and worship it, and we're fasting and we're praying and we're seeking the face of God and, and we join together, we lift up holy hands and we begin to feel the touch of God because God's desire for His people has not changed down through the years. God wants you and I to feel His presence. God wants you and I to know what it feels like. Amen. The authentic presence and power of God in this place here tonight. Hallelujah. God wants you to never forget what it feels like. Amen. Some of you young people, amen, as you are uh, coming to church and mom and dad are bringing you to the house of God, uh, and you're going to experience some things. You're going to hear some noises and some sounds, and you're going to begin to recognize the feeling that you can that you identify with when you come to the house of God. And it's that feeling, it's that recognition that you get as a young person, and it goes with you the rest of your life. And you may go from church to church, but you never forget what it felt like being in the presence of God. 
Amen. And God wants, amen, some young people tonight to, amen, to, to begin to recognize, amen, that's the presence of God. That's why I begin to respond. That's why I begin to worship God. That's why I begin to magnify Him. And I begin to push further in prayer and in praise before the Lord. But God desires to dwell among His people. So He instructed Moses to erect the tabernacle in the wilderness. Amen. And God wants... He wants to continue to dwell among his people. And even after that, the tabernacle in the wilderness was disbanded. And there was no more uh, tabernacle that was being shouldered by the Levites and the people of God. Amen. God came in the form of Jesus Christ, in the, in the form of Jesus Christ as a man. And the Bible says in John chapter 1 and 1, amen, the, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. Throughout the course of history, throughout the course of time, God desires to be with His people. God desires for you to have fellowship with Him. That's why you can have, amen, a four-year-old girl or an eight-year-old boy lift up their hands to God and say, Jesus. And they'll begin to feel God. They'll begin to feel God. And you can watch a young person come to an altar and lift up a hand to God or, or someone from off the street that's never been in church and they'll lift up their hand and they'll say, Jesus. And you'll begin to see tears streaming down their cheeks because God desires to dwell with His people. God desires to, to move among His people. And we know from studying the Scriptures that even after Jesus Christ ascended, He said, I'll not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. Amen. And that was through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. In the Old Testament, it was a tabernacle in the wilderness. And the first part through the Gospels, it was... Jesus Christ himself walk in the face of the earth. Amen. And as we get to the church age, which is where we are today, it's through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And God wants his spirit to continue to reside in each and every one of our lives. Amen. God desires that you not walk this road of life by yourself, but that it be led by the Holy Ghost, that there be fellowship with God. And the gospel, amen, this relationship that we're talking about tonight that you can have with God. It's for people of every age, of every walk of life. It's for everybody. One of the things that was noted through the study of the scriptures, and we're not going to spend all night going scripture by scripture, or we could be here all night long. I mean, how many of you know that? I mean, I've been, amen, and there's, there's a host of scriptures. And you can take it back and you can study it some more, but I'm going to give you some of the highlights of, uh, and some of the types and shadows and the application of the tabernacle to your life. Amen. The Bible lets us to know that while Israel was on the march, it was necessary to have a building that they could carry from place to place. But how did they know when to move the tabernacle from one place, one campsite to another campsite? The Bible tells us that there was a pillar of uh, the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. And the Bible says that as long as that cloud that hovered over them during the hot summer days, uh, during the hot days uh, in that wilderness, as long as that cloud hovered over them during the day, they were to stay right where that cloud was. And as long as that pillar of fire by night was staying over them to keep them warm in that cold uh, wilderness, they were to stay right there. But the moment the Bible says that the cloud uh, or the fire began to move, amen, that was the... Uh, that was the indicator for the people of God that you are to move with the Spirit of God. In other words, the people of God should be Spirit-led. Amen. They should not be saying, God, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and God, I want you to catch up to where I'm at. 
But on the contrary, it should be God. What are you doing, God? God, where are you leading me, God? What is the will of God for my life? And God, wherever you say to go, whenever it's time, God, no matter how discomforted I am, God, I'm going to follow you. And there must still be in 2018 a church that knows how to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We must never get to the place of being detached from the presence of God that we cannot we cannot see, we cannot discern. Hey, the cloud is moving. We're right here, but the cloud's way over there. Why are we still here? When God has instructed us, He wants us to move. And God wants the church to go forward. It was always the Spirit of God that led them. God never followed them. They were to follow God. They were to follow God. The fire by night and the cloud by day. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you today, amen, in your daily time of prayer, that it should be God. I want you to speak to me. God, I want you to lead me. God, I want to follow the direction of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to tell you there's going to be times in your consecration, your walk with God, where God's going to say, do this. You're going to say, I don't want to do that. And God's just going to say, well, here's what I'm doing. I'm moving. And now, if you refuse to move with the leading of the Holy Ghost, you will be uncovered. It's as simple as that. If God says move, and you say no, you're uncovered. And you're outside of that umbrella of authority. And there's, there is great significance for our lives that we can understand and we can learn from the, uh, the things that God tried to teach the people of God to follow Him in the wilderness. Whatever Wherever you are in life, if it's a wilderness experience, if it's something where it seems like it's hard, it, it, there's, there's all the, the wild animals and, and it's, a, it's a long, eerie night, whatever it would be in the wilderness, whatever type of wilderness experience it would be, if you will follow the lead of the Holy Ghost and you'll say, God, what are you doing in this season? God, I'm going to follow you. There is protection for the individuals and for the people of God that stay Protected under that cloud of authority, that cloud of submission, that cloud of God's presence. God, I'm going to stay under that umbrella of protection. And we've got to make sure I'm staying under that umbrella of protection for my life. Amen. The tabernacle is indicative of a place of salvation for the lost. This house here tonight should be a place where the lost can find Jesus. This house here tonight should be a place where sinners can come in, where the backsliders and the alcoholics and the drug addicts and the prostitutes, the up and out, the down and out should come, and they should be able to find Jesus in the house of God. We see that because the sacrifices that were taking place in the courtyard, in the tabernacle, uh, the tabernacle plan, the sacrifices that were taking place showed that God could not dwell in the midst of a sinful people except covered by the blood. It was, it was within the, the, the tent walls of that tabernacle that there were sacrifices being made so that the salvation of God's people, amen, could, could be enacted. Amen. It was in the tabernacle, amen, where the blood was being applied, amen, for the sins of lost humanity. And once again, amen, the priest could go up and they could offer a sacrifice and they could say, God, cover their sins. Roll it forward one more year. I'm going to tell you tonight in the house of God is where I came to God and I said, God, roll my sins away. God, I need salvation for my lost and weary soul. 
Hallelujah. Lest you ever forget what it was like the first time you came to God. Lest you ever forget what it was like the first time you came to God. He said, God, if you don't intervene in my life, God, I'm just going to seek further and further into sin. Amen. But there was a night in my life, there was a time in my life where I reached out to God. And I said, God, save me. God, save me. Help me, Jesus. Help me, God. And I want to tell you, it was in the house of God. It was in a tabernacle experience. It was in the house of God where I cried out to God. And the man of God laid his hands on me and began to pray, God, deliver him. God, save him. God, help him. And God heard his prayer because God had mercy upon me. The Bible lets us to know that in the, the layout of the tabernacle, Amen. There, the Bible says that there were uh, four sides to the tabernacle plan. There was the north and the east and the south and the what? Now he's with me. The north, east, east, south, and the west. Four sides. And on each side there was, uh, it was made up of three different classes of people. On each side of the four camps there was priests. There was workers. And there were soldiers. In each side of the camp, there were four, on the four sides, there was priests, amen, ministers of the word of God, those that ministered before the presence of God. There were those that shouldered the load and they worked, and there were those that trained for battle, and they were there for protection. Every side had some ministry in it. Every side had somebody that knew how to fight. Every side had somebody that knew how to work. Every side had that balanced uh, threefold defense and I want to tell you today, each Christian, each child of God confronts three enemies, the world and the flesh and the devil. And it's so imperative, amen, that as, as you recognize that, that you have a threefold defense to combat those three enemies that you're going to face throughout the course of your day. As throughout the course of your day, you're, you're facing off with the world and you're battling your flesh and that devil's coming, lying against you, trying to discourage you. Amen. You've got to make sure that the, a threefold defense includes, amen, being a worshiper, getting in God's presence, saying, God, I'm going to talk with you today. God, I'm going to come before your presence with singing. I'm going to worship you, God, no matter how I feel. I'm going to magnify him. And the second part is, amen, being a warrior. Amen. There's times, amen, you're walking with God. You've got to stand and fight. You've got to stand and you've got to fight. There's been many a times, amen. And I remember one time, specifically a few years ago, as it felt like all hell was coming against the church. And I was like, devil, there's not going to be a church split. I refuse to there to be a church split. I come against you in Jesus' name. And there still must be in 2018 of people that know how to fight in prayer and say, devil, you can't have my family. And you can't have my mind. And you can't have my church. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. A threefold defense is a worshiper, a warrior, and a worker. Hallelujah. Some only love to worship God, but not work for Him. Some only love to just come and worship God, but don't ask me for anything else. I'm just a worshiper. Some only love to work for God, but don't you ask me to worship 
I'm just a worker. I'll do anything you say, but don't ask me to pray. Come on. Some only love to worship, but not work. Others like only to work for God, but not worship. But we must be willing to fight for what's ours. Amen. Soldiers not only well equipped, but also willing to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of his life, that he may please him that chose him to be a soldier. Amen. You've got to endure some hardness as a soldier of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's got to be a side of you that says, amen, preacher, you cannot offend me. I've got to love my truth so radical. I'm going to live for God in spite of what happens to me. I'm going to worship Him. I'm going to fight for what's mine. And I'm going to get involved in the kingdom of God. I'm going to work for Him while it's yet called today. I'm going to work for Him. Come on. Each person fulfilling their calling and duty will help the body to function orderly and without confusion. As long as the hand is functioning as a hand and doesn't decide, I want to be a foot today, we're going to be okay. The moment my hand says, I want to be a foot, and I begin to walk on my hands, we have problems. And the same thing in the church house. Amen. There's areas of ministry where you're gifted at, and you say, well, I want to do that. I want to sing as good as Sister Lauren sings. I want to play as good as Brother Nathan plays. I want to do this, and I want to do that. God says, I want you to work right here. I want you to work with all your heart and all your mind. It's the hands. It's the arms. It's the feet. It's the, it's the legs. It's, it's the whole body fitly joined together. Function is one body. It's one unit. And God can use that. And there's order and there's no confusion. Come on, I want to tell you, the Bible, we know from studying the Bible and the, the study of the tabernacle plan that God chose the Levites. There were 12 tribes to the children of Israel. I'm not going to ask anyone to name them all. Honestly, I don't know them all. But there was one tribe of the twelve called the Levites. And the Levites were tasked with taking care of the house of God and the worship of God and the things of God, the kingdom of God. The Levites had that responsibility. It was the priesthood. It was the Levites that were tasked with that responsibility God chose the Levites for the service of the tabernacle because of what? Because of their stand against the sin of their day. The Bible lets us know that when the Israelites began to worship the golden calf, according to Exodus chapter 32 and 26, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And the Bible says that all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. Amen. They stood with the man of God in their lives. And God will honor and God will bless. Amen. Those that stand with the man of God in in their lives. Amen. When all of the world around them is is committing fornication and idolatry and engaging in every act of sin that this world participates in. I'm going to tell you this world is full of filth that's out there. It's full of filth out there. Amen. I'm just going on the news website a few days ago and, and, and there's a there's a particular article about how that one particular celebrity is celebrating the killing of babies. Explicitly calling for the killing of babies. It's a sick world out there. 
They worship self more than they worship anything else in this world. And they'll disguise it as all kinds of uh, liberal slanted ideologies. But I want to tell you, it takes a man and a woman of God to stand up and say, oh, I'm not going to give in to the sin of my day. I'm going to stand with the man of God in my life. And as a people of God, take a stand for what's right. God will elevate and God will protect and God will anoint Hallelujah. God does not forget. God does not forget. God does not forget. And God elevated the Levites for the service of the tabernacle because of their stance, their strong stance against sin and against the things of the world that they were surrounded with. God wants us to stand up for righteousness and refuse to join ourselves to the sinful world around us. Yes. No matter how much the world sugarcoats and says it's okay. It's not okay. Amen. God wants us to take a stand for what's right. Amen. And God will honor that. God will honor that. It's been said, and I'm going off of memory here from a study I had some time ago. It's been said that in the, uh, the time of the gladiators in Rome, I believe it was, they were, uh, they were killing Christians. They were, uh, there was lots of violence in the arenas. They were doing all sorts of just evil, inhumane things to people and to animals. And it's been said that one man stood up in the midst of that entire arena and said, this makes me sick. And he stood up and he walked out. And according to legend or history, that had profound repercussions and everybody began to trickle out of that arena one by one. Everything began to shut down because one person took a stand and said, I don't, I don't agree with this, this inhumane treatment of, of other human beings or other animals. It takes people to stand up and say, I don't believe what is happening is right and pleasing before God. And God will honor your commitment, your stand for righteousness, your stand for holiness. Furthermore, the fact that God, and we did not, like I said, go through all the details and all the scriptures that are here for the tabernacle in the wilderness. But God gave chapter after chapter instructions how they're to construct the tabernacle. God did not leave room for creativity, Sister Gina. He did not leave room for, for, for us to add in our own little way of doing it. God said, Moses, I want you to do it exactly like this. I want it to be acacia wood. And I want it to be inlaid with gold. And I want there to be acacia wood bars and I want that to be overlaid with gold and I want I want badger skins and I want ram skins and I want goat skins and and Moses probably said man sounds it sounds wild I mean I've seen some designers in my day that have some radical styles but God you you really doing them up here I mean I've seen people make outfits out of anything and everything but God you're you're really you're, you're, you're asking for ram skins and badger skins and goat skins and lamb skins and all these different things dipped in blood. And you're asking for different color purples and, and silks and all these different things. What's going on? But God gave specific instructions. And God still gives his people specific instructions. And God expects us to abide by the rule, by the directions that he gives us. The fact the fact, and here it is, the fact that God gave all the details to Moses how to build the tabernacle demonstrates that if God is to accept our worship, we must worship Him as He pleases, not as we please. Yeah. 
There's a way in which God instructs us. I want you to dress like this. I want you to say this. I want you to do this. I want you to, I want you to obey this pattern that I've set in place. And if you don't, I'm not going to accept your worship. You say, well, give me some more Bible. There's another scripture in the Word of God in the book of Genesis about Cain and Abel. And Cain thought he could worship God however he thought it was, however he thought he should. Yeah. I'm just going to give God some fruits and some vegetables. He loves veggies. But God said, no. I want blood. There's got to be some sacrifice. Yeah. And God rejected Cain's Sacrifice. God is very bent on it being done a particular way. It's not. It can We cannot come to God haphazardly. We cannot just nonchalantly, Amen. Just throw things together and come before the house of God. But there's there's a particular way. God said, "I want the I want the priest to wear certain robes. I want them to have certain uh, breastplates. I want them to have the." And all the different, the scepter, I want them to have every particular thing in order. If they don't, watch out because judgment's going to come. Amen. We got to be very careful how we approach the things of God, how we worship God. Amen. We got to make sure that our lives, our lives line up to the word of God. There must be obedience because it's still better than sacrifice. The tabernacle occupied, according to the scriptures, a central position in the camp. There was, like I said, uh, four sides, the north, east, south, and west, and the tabernacles right in the middle. And God still desires to be in the middle of our lives. God still wants us to have our lives centered around Him. If our lives were not centered around Him, you wouldn't find me here on a Wednesday night. You wouldn't find me here on a Sunday morning. Because if he wasn't the center of my life, I'd probably be out at the lake every weekend. I'd be out enjoying the beautiful summer nights here on Wednesday night. But he's the center of my life. He's the focus. He's the focal point of my life. And God desires to be the focal point of our lives, of our families. And it is a grounding for society. It, the tabernacle was always to be in the center of the camp, just like Christ should always be in the center of our lives. The tabernacle was still erected. It still stayed up, even during the storms that took place in the wilderness. Just because they were the people of God did not mean they did not endure some storms. And it didn't mean that because there was a hard time and there was a storm that was, that was coming down upon them that they were to take the tabernacle down. But the, they're, they're, they were still to worship God in spite of the outside environment, in spite of what was happening outside. They were still to make sure that the tabernacle was in the middle in, in the good times and the bad times. Amen. God, he's got to be worshipped. He's got to be praised. Amen. That's why we come to God. Amen. On the Wednesday night. And perhaps you've had a long day. Perhaps it's been a bad day. I don't know. But we come because our lives are centered upon Him. And God requires worship from our lips. We're going to worship Him. Hallelujah. We're going to keep Jesus in the middle. No matter what season of life. The Bible doesn't say that they only did that in the springtime or the fall. But they did that all the time. 
Furthermore, the Bible says that there was a fire upon the altar to ever be burned. It was to never go out. They had, a, they had an altar, Brother Marcel. There was an altar where they would sacrifice animals. There was an altar where they would offer up incense. There was the altar where there was, there was fire. And the Bible says that there was forever to be that fire burning on the altar. It didn't matter if they went moving down the road. It didn't matter what was going on in their life. They were to keep that fire hot. They were to keep that fire burning. And it's that fire that will sustain you. It's that Holy Ghost that will sustain you. Amen. When you're going through the hardest time of your life, you maybe lost a loved one or you, you, you lost your job or, or whatever the case would be. Amen. God, I'm going to just keep praying. God, I'm going to just keep that fire burning, God. It may not be the raging eternal it once was, but God, that fire's going to be there burning. And I'm going to love you, God. I'm going to serve you. And the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. Amen. I'm coming to a close. The materials. Just a few more points. The materials for the tabernacle came from where? The gifts from the people. The materials that Moses needed to build the tabernacle came from the people. And the Lord enabled the people to give what was required for the tabernacle. And God still does this today. God still does this today. From when we started here almost three years ago, the expenses have gone up as we've taken another suite and another suite and rent increases a little bit to the every year. But God's made a way. God provides. And what was once seen, maybe that's, I don't know how we can ever do that or ever survive on that. God's making a way. And God's providing. And God does it through the people. And God, God blesses the people. And they bless the church. And the church blesses the world. And there's, there's an impact that is felt across our planet. Because of a church. Because of a church. That says, God, I want, I want to just be that funnel. I want to be that vessel that you use. I want God you to provide. I want you to make a way. I've seen this as people are living in income begin getting tired and God blesses them. And then someone else says, I'm going to, I'm, I'm having a hard time, but I'm going to honor my commitment to God and I'm going to give. And God blesses him. And they look back and say, man, I'm so glad I trusted God with this amount of money because now God's blessed me with more. And the one thing I'll never forget, and I hope I don't embarrass him too much, amen, but I'll never forget when Sister Gina, amen, gave an extra tithing, doubled up on tithing one month. And I thought, man, I don't want to take that. But I said, God, you provide, you make a way. And the very next week or two, Brother Nathan came to church. God always makes a way. You think, oh, I don't know if I can do this. God's, if God's speaking to you, you just step out of faith and say, God, make a way for me as I'm making a way for you. Provide for me, God. The Bible says in Exodus 25, and verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they may bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. Ye shall take my offering. Another scripture, Exodus chapter 35 and 21 says, And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing, 
And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all his service and for the holy garments. They did that. They gave unto the Lord. They didn't have all the governmental structures in place. They were in the wilderness. They could have been attacked. But God kept his hand upon them. Because they gave to the things of God, to the tabernacle, to the house of God. Amen. God's presence could come down. And the nations around could see there's a people out there in the wilderness. That there's a fire over them by, by night and clouds over them by day. And you don't dare go near that people of God because God's hand's upon them. And they're giving, allow the presence of God to be made apparent to the world around them. And then I, there's no telling what could happen. Amen. What happens when you give to the Lord and say, God, it's yours. Make a way, God. Amen. You're speaking to me. God's stirring my heart, as the Bible says. And my spirit's being made willing. And God makes a way. The, and a couple of final points. The workers, there was workers that were needed for the construction of the tabernacle. There was those that were able to sew and, and mold different materials and shape other materials. And God never calls anyone to any type of service without first anointing him or her right. for that particular service. Amen. There's areas where you and I can both be a blessing and a benefit and a help to the church. And as you say, God, use me. God, anoint me. God will come through. Amen. God will anoint. Amen. God will bless. And God will. Amen. I've watched. Amen. I'm just going to embarrass her for a little bit. Sister Lauren, before last year, wasn't playing the keyboard. She stepped out. God used me. God helped me. And there's been an anointing. Her and Sister Monica and Sister Teresa and Brother Nathan. God's anointed them. They just simply stepped out and said, God, use me. God, anoint me. God, help me to be anointed. And God equips. God anoints. God makes a way. Amen. God never calls anyone to any type of service without anointing him or her for that service. And if we could stand to our feet, amen, the musicians can come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One final point. And I am done. The Bible tells us that there were 48 boards of acacia wood, a particular type of wood that God instructed Moses to use for the building of the tabernacle. 48 boards of acacia wood covered in gold to make the tabernacle, to erect the walls. The 48 boards of acacia wood covered in gold represents the individual members of the church or the body of Christ that uphold what we're doing tonight. It's not a one-man show. It's not any one of us, but it's all of us together. I'm going to hold this thing up in prayer, in different ways, in giving, in service. I'm going to hold it up. But when the woodcutters when the woodcutters that were going out to get that acacia wood, when the woodcutters would choose the trees to make the boards, I can only suppose that they found them among other trees 
in the forest. They found certain trees in the forest that they laid eyes on. So I'm going to use that tree. Trees of the forest that were firmly rooted and planted in the earth. They had their roots and they were planted in the earth. And after the woodcutters would cut that those individual trees from the forest to make, to combine for the 48 boards of acacia wood. Those woodcutters would get those particular pieces of wood and they would overlay them with gold and they would fashion it into a dwelling place for the Almighty God. And if I could for a moment, in our unsaved state, we too were once rooted in the earth held by the things of this world. Held by the things of this world. There's no shaking, there's no loosening that could take us out of the hold that the world had upon our lives. We too were rooted in the earth, partaking of the pleasures of the world. And through the sword of the word of God, we died out to the world. The word of God was applied to our lives. The word of God was applied to our hearts. And it separated us from this world. It pulled us out from amongst where we were. And God did a work. And God didn't stop with just the woodcutters just getting that acacia wood. But the Bible says that they had to overlay that wood with gold. And through the Spirit of God, we became partakers of His divine nature covered with his righteousness and made into God's dwelling place. Amen. I am thankful today that one day in my life, amen, God began to, that word of God began to go forth and God began to pull me out from the the sinking hole of sin that I began to find myself in. And God began to pull me out as God has pulled you out. And God has delivered you from things. And God says, I'm not just going to take you out from where you are. But I'm going to overlay you with gold. I'm going to try you. And you're going to come forth as gold. Amen. I'm going to use you to uphold. Amen. The tabernacle in the wilderness. That the world could see. That there's a God in heaven. And never forget. That the purpose of the people of God. Through the wilderness. Was that they would reach the Gentile people. That they would be a, that they would be a light to their world. And God wants to use you and I. To see the things of God, the kingdom of God, erected in this valley, in this city, in our families. And the world won't recognize us because they're going to see something more beautiful than we ever were. We're not just going to be some 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 wooded tree out in the forest, but there's, they're going to see some gold in our lives, Brother Cedric. They're going to see some gold in our lives. They're going to see something of beauty. They're going to see the luster of God's glory. But we've got to allow, amen, the cutting of our hearts to take place and the word of God to go forth in our lives. And we say, God, I'm separating myself from this world. And God, I want you to cover me. God, I want you to cover my mind. I want you to enroll me, God, with robes of righteousness, God. God, I plead your blood over my life. God, use me. Use me, Jesus. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Hallelujah. Can we talk to God right now? 
And let's allow the word of God to get in our souls, to get in our spirits. Amen. There's more I could share. There's more we could share about the tabernacle. Amen. But I want to tell you today, I want to leave with that. Amen. We need to reach out to God and say, God, I want you to cover my mind. I want you to cover my heart, God. I want you, Lord, to overlay me with some more gold. I want you, God, to cover my life. And I want you to use me, God, to see the kingdom of God established in my wilderness experience. Wherever I am in this life, God, you're calling me out from where I am. You want to overlay me and make something beautiful from my life that you can use me, that he can use us. Come on, let's cry out to him right now. Come on, why don't we lift our voices to God? Come on, let's lift our voices to him as we sing unto God. Shorabaya, 